gonna we're recording oh no if you or a loved one has been diagnosed with an acute obsession of true crime caught discussing tragic events with unwilling participants or kept awake at night by the paranormal or just plain absurd you've found the right place all others beware of catching this dangerous bug as we begin to talk about the facts Well, here we are. So, welcome to Let's Talk About the Facts. So, this is a podcast about unsolved cases, interesting mysteries, and interesting things along the way. So, let's just get it out now. We're going to apologize for anything that comes out as irreverent or crass, because humor is the only way that I personally get through this bullshit thing we call life, especially in the state that we know it. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the only way to get through the start of the Screaming 20s. Uh, I am Elizabeth Fury, and with me is... Alex Brown! Woo! Woo! So, we're both big fans of uh, true crime, cold cases, hauntings, UFOs. I love UFOs. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I know there's been so many UFO sightings and I'm like I can't give it the proper like reaction because mm -hmm. of everything else going on. And they were like confirmed, right? Like Right. We we officially confirmed that this year, but you know, we lost it amidst the murder hornets and everything else. I don't but there's been more than one. There was one recently and a friend of mine was like this is a bad time earth is closed and I was like this is a great time <laughs> cuz we don't want it anymore. Just right. let him have it. Be like, please help help us. It fix can't it. be worse. Yeah. I'll take a butt probe over this. Okay, it's fine. Oh my. I know. Oh. <laughs> it's that kind of show. It is that kind mm -hmm. of show. On the maiden voyage too. <laughs> I know. Welcome to the show, I guess. This is what it is. This is what we're doing today. So we're gonna start out this maiden voyage with a cold case of a child kidnapping, because I feel like that's really the only way to kick off a great unsolved case mm -hmm. slash interesting mystery. Can't put those two together. I think it's trademarked. Um, <laughs> Don't come after us. No. Even though I desperately wish I was Robert Stack. Ooh. I wanted to be him when I grew up when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> so basically, our story today is a cold case from the OK state of Arkansas, the natural state. So you would know it for Bill Clinton, the only working diamond mine in the country, and some bomb-ass fried catfish. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm only there for the hush puppies, because hush puppies are my shit. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. Yeah. Like, even on episodes of SpongeBob, they know that hush puppies are it. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um... So, like, I picked this story. This is one of mine. So, Alex here has no idea what I'm about to tell her. No. So, she's buckling in with you. Mm -hmm. But I personally went to school in Arkansas. I spent a lot of my majority, or a lot of my majority, the majority <laughs> of my formative years there. So, I remember when the story kind of happened slash, like, the fallout. I don't believe, like, my family lived in Arkansas at the time that this happened, but I do remember, obviously, the repercussions. It is unsolved, therefore, repercussions. Um, 
I'll probably end up getting a text, though, from my brother. He's like, we moved to Virginia, or from Virginia to Arkansas in, like, 1990 blank. Don't you remember? And I'm going to obviously be like, what? Last time we had this conversation, Dad was like, oh, but this is who was playing in the NBA playoffs, and this is when we moved there, even though we were never, ever a sports family. No one knows how to play football in this family, or basketball, (laughs) or the rules. The most sports-like thing we do is watch Space Jam and occasionally remember the Titans. That's it. Yeah. So, (laughs) basically, we're going to go back to our cold case. Uh, So, regardless of the years that I lived there, (laughs) I definitely remember the aftermath of the case and the continual updates for a certain amount of time. But then it kind of faded out of, I don't want to say popularity, but popularity. So, this is Mm -hmm. the disappearance of Morgan Nick. So, contextually, it had only been a few months since the international mourning of Selena. Selena! I know. Another crazy, insane case. Mm -hmm. But then also, the Oklahoma City bombing was around the same time. Mm. Pierce Brosnan had just debuted as James Bond. Bill Clinton is in office, and he absolutely confirmed Area 51 this year. Hey. Little did he know, 24 years later, it would unleash can't-stop-us-all scenario. Uh, We can't forget the legendary entrance of Windows 95, as floppy disks (laughs) are still in use. Floppy disks. Oh, man. I remember. I was cleaning up this. I loved floppy disks. Dude. (laughs) I cleaned out a a closet with my dad at, like, was it like 10 years ago when we found a floppy disk that had like part of Microsoft Paint on it? It was like a three disk thing from like Microsoft Paint to put it on your computer. And I was like, what? I thought it just came on there. <laughs> it was wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to OJ, not the oh, drink, gosh. but the person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the person that the People versus OJ was based off of. Uh, OJ is going to be found innocent soon. We all know that's a controversial topic, mm-hmm. but it would happen in a few months after this. But the first African-American man walks in space. That would be Dr. Bernard A. Harris, Jr. And he would walk in space after taking off in the Discovery. Nice. I know. That's, that's so, cool. I know. He needs his time in history, and people should talk about that, because that's fantastic. But also, it was like, what, what year are we in? 1990? 1995. Wow. So it took what like almost 30 years yeah wow but i do believe the challenger exploded not too long before that yeah it was in like the late 80s i think yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how many times the discovery had gone up before that so Hmm. yeah don't ask me about the space stuff even (laughs) though i like ufos the real people going up there i'm not actual nasa we have no idea (laughs) apologies to nasa in advance i know shout out to nasa thank you but not interested (laughs) (laughs) too much science i don't know too much real stuff okay more star trek please yeah um so buckle in this is the real start of the actual case so now that you have context to what was going on in the world we're going to talk about what really happened to Morgan Nick. So, it's 10.45 p.m. at a Little League baseball game in a town called Alma, Arkansas. It's June 9, 1995. Morgan Nick is six years old with long blonde hair and bright blue eyes. She was last seen wearing 
a green Girl Scouts t-shirt, denim shorts, and white tennis shoes. So everyone's together at a Little League game when Morgan asks her mother to go play with friends out in the parking lot to catch fireflies, which is absolutely adorable. I wish kids did that more. So her mother, her name is Colleen Nick, said, and I quote, she threw her arms around my neck and gave me a big hug and she kissed me on the cheek and she climbed on the bleachers with the other two children and ran into the parking area. Aww. The Little League game ends and Colleen Nick notices the two other children come back without Morgan. She asks where her daughter is and they tell her she's standing near their empty her, their car emptying her shoes of sand and they were both very relaxed. Like, it's no big deal. So she had been checking on Morgan several times while she was playing in the parking lot. So Colleen Nick immediately goes to look for her because it's 1995, Stranger Danger Panic, we all know about it. But it's not real. It's not real, but it's in this not. case, buckle up, because this oh, is God. the 1% <laughs> of it. I know, this is the one time. But, but in other cases, while we're on Stranger Danger real quick, one yeah. of my favorite podcasts, uh, You're Wrong About, does a whole episode on that, so check that out. Oh, we should, we should. I need to listen sure. to that one, because that's what I was going to talk about at the end of this. Is yeah. You're wrong about that regarding Stranger Danger. That was going to be part of... Oh, later. well, spoiler for ahead. <laughs> I mean, is it a spoiler? No. Uh. Um, so Morgan's not by the car. So she describes it as follows. Already, when I couldn't see Morgan, my heart started to beat really fast. We were, all re- we were somewhere we hadn't been before. She wouldn't go anywhere by herself, and there wasn't even anywhere to go. There was no concession stand, no bathroom. Cars were moving, and people were everywhere. I remember standing in front of my car just thinking we were missing each other because there were so many moving parts. Like, if everyone would freeze for a minute, I'd be able to see her. So major panic set in at that point. So the police were called and arrived six minutes later. I literally cannot imagine ever happening in, like, Little Rock, Arkansas, much less, like, in Los Angeles where we live. Oh, yeah. Six minutes is so fast. And I live, like, around the corner from a police station. And I'm like, I have to wait two hours. (laughs) Then again, I, like, generally do not call police, but why? (laughs) but yeah i feel like if we did it would not be the response would not be that fast it would not in fact Mm -hmm. i would be dead before they got here probably Uh, i mean as a millennial is that a bad thing Mm, Mm. jerry's out i don't think so (laughs) so witnesses say that they saw a man in the parking lot with a red ford pickup truck i'm gonna assume around the 1995 or above Mm -hmm. vintage you know (laughs) vintage now (laughs) uh god that makes me feel old with a white camper with possible damage on the right rear and it was too short for the truck so like you know those like Hmm. back campers Uh uh-huh um it like was too short for the truck but there was damage on it and they noticed that there was like that gap from the where the tail you can pull the tail down yeah and put it back up so it sounds like it was a pretty conspicuous, you know, kind of setup there. Yeah. It like, I also, feel like you don't you don't see that driving around. No, you don't. Especially like a miss. They're, they're, I think especially in the 90s, they all tended to have like a standardized, like he probably bought that off of 
the newspaper ads, you know, because, like, right. that was probably for a Tacoma, not a Ford, you know? Right. Like, that's standard sizes for Ford pickup truck beds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was also believed to have Arkansas license plates, but they were fairly basic at the time. And I remember they were just white um, with, I think, blue lettering and red Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Now that has a diamond on it, which is really pretty. Oh. You know, I actually still have my old license plate from before I moved to California because I never re-registered my car, and so I got to keep it. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. I, I keep it in my bathroom where I think it <laughs> belongs. <laughs> Just watch it there. It's yeah. so majestic. It is, it is an installation, if mm-hmm. you will. So this is who they thought may have taken Morgan or knows who did. Witnesses did say that he was watching the girls play in the parking lot while the game was going on. He was described as a white male, around six feet tall, mediumish build, with a mustache and short beard. He was thought to be between 23 and 38 years old at the time. If anyone asked me to describe how tall someone was, I would just say taller than me. I, I couldn't be like <laughs> six feet. Right. I wouldn't like it's know. like, is are they like shorter than a door? About a door? Like, what are I, we? I don't know. Like, my dad is six foot four and I'm five foot two. So I'm like tall. Also, I feel like that describes like 80% of the population in Arkansas. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Like, so, or like at least like the white male population in Arkansas. Like, which is the population of Arkansas. Right, and like, so. you know, medium build. I'm sure back then a lot of people had mustaches for whatever misguided reason. Like, yeah. yeah. And short beards. And short beards. So or long like... beards. So, I mean, there was a distinguisher right there. But mm-hmm. there was a composite sketch drawn. I think okay. two total and distributed. So I think some people really did get a good look at him mm-hmm. and was like, I can help you draw that. So let's talk about Alma, Arkansas, the actual place. Not a large town. So in 1990, it had just under 3,000 people. It currently has 5,500 residents. So from 1990 to now, it almost doubled. Wow, had a little population boon there. You gotta hand it to them. Just went out, yeah. So it's in Crawford County, which is the leftmost border of Arkansas, lining up with Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas. In that, like, corner area. It kind of mm-hmm. looks like a nacho. Um. <laughs> the nacho of America. <laughs> right I, always, I always think, like, because Arkansas, it looks so strange, and it looks like a little nacho area. Yeah. Like you broke fair. your chips. <laughs> uh, the largest nearest city is Fort Smith. Uh, it's fairly far from Little Rock, which is the capital. Um, there is not that much. That. Blah, blah. <laughs> This was not the type of crime that happened often, which we hear all the time when it comes to these. We don't have that type of crime here. This, this town is totally safe. We Nothing leave our, bad would ever happen here. Right? We leave our doors unlocked so people can come in and steal one or two things every now and then. Oh my god, I never understood people who just grew up leaving their doors unlocked. It's like, tr- wh- how? It causes me to, like, clench in a way that I feel is so unhealthy. Right? It's just, what what harm is it to just lock your fucking door? Right? I'm like, even if you have, like, nice neighbors, like, I just don't want people walking into my house whenever they want. Like, I have wonderful you know. neighbors on the floor of my apartment. But guess what? I don't trust them. 
I don't I don't know their history. I haven't checked out their entire like everywhere they lived. I don't know if they're going to snap one day and come and take my TV. <laughs> you know, or like my copy of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. That's not replaceable. You know? Yeah, it's just they did it in like sitcoms and stuff all the time too where like the neighbor kid would just like pop on over and like throw the door open. And I was always, like, even as a kid watching that, I was like, what the, why are you letting that guy in there? Like, what's going on? I remember watching, like, a show, I think it was called Even Stevens, and this character named the Beans would always come in, and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. how did he get in here? Right, I'm like, if you locked your door, Beans literally would not exist, so don't, don't let Beans into your house, everybody. (laughs) Just don't do it. If we had, like, a subheader for this episode, it's gonna be, (laughs) don't let Beans into your house. Don't let Beans in, Okay. So, not the type of crime that happened here often, but people often think it does when you live in a big city, but it's like, it's wild how like city dwellers like ourselves think more crimes happen in small towns and Mm -hmm. the small townies think that we live in the dangerous place, but like, I feel like we're way safer because we're like, lock it up looking around checking the parking lot is there someone under my car i've got them ready to punch i'm gonna hit them with my purse ralph sack bam you know i don't know that's just me i've yeah. i lived in a small town for a few months and i was terrified of the woods every second of my life mm-hmm. i couldn't handle it um yeah so, we would uh, go visit my dad's family in maine sometimes when i was a kid and like they live like absolutely in the woods and Mm -hmm. that was always a more way more terrifying experience for me it's you're just like so isolated yeah and And some people love that but i'm just like i I can't i can't do it my question is but what's in the woods too many things i know what's in the city i can handle all that i (laughs) be no he's in the suburbs yeah it's true (laughs) I am scared of the suburbs. I gotta be honest with you. The suburbs are terrifying. (laughs) Nothing good happens in the suburbs. So, like, in reality, it's all terrifying. And the fact that anyone lives, like, leaves their house is amazing. (laughs) We find that to be true in Pandemia. Like, Mm -hmm. what? And I was, like, I was watching this cold case files, and this detective got death threats and ended up deciding the safest place to sleep was in a jail cell. And for some reason, I totally thought that was, like, "Mm, yeah, reasonable. Mm -hmm." (laughs) I feel like my level of panic is absolutely ridiculous when it comes to, like, if I was getting death threats, I'd be like, hey, can I rent a cell? I got 50 bucks. <laughs> I feel like if I was getting death threats, I'd just, like, go off the grid. I'd be like, ah, oh, finally, it's my time to just disappear. And I then could, I would go. Yeah, you could be, like, a cave woman or, like, live in Idaho or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why did I pick Idaho? Are there a lot of people that live there? I don't know. It's a weird choice, yeah. I feel like you could just live off potatoes forever. Maybe you just want potatoes. You're never wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, to circle back to what we're talking about. So, at the time of her disappearance, in addition to Morgan Nick being six, long blonde hair, bright blue eyes, last seen wearing green Girl Scout t-shirt, denim shorts, and white tennis shoes. She was four feet tall, approximately 55 pounds. She had five visible silver caps on her molars. And, of course... All of that is not currently useful as we want it to be because it has been nearly 25 years since Morgan disappeared. Wow. No one has been charged and there has been no strong leading suspect. 
So Colleen Nick says her daughter, Morgan, was a shy girl, a little on the quiet side. She was a lover of cats, thought bubblegum was a food group, and had current aspirations of circus performer or doctor, all of which are incredibly relatable. Mm hmm. Like, she was my hero. Yeah. Bubblegum is a food group. She's it is right. a food group. She's totally right. Circus performer. I've been trying. <laughs> uh, I'm just a clown in real life. Um, so the Alma police, Arkansas State Police, and the FBI have all been involved in the search for her because of, like, you know, FBI gets involved when you cross state lines and because they were so close. Mm-hmm. Former Alma Police Chief Russell White, recently retired but was one of the first to arrive on the scene, um, said that the case enveloped his whole career because it happened only a year after he was named chief. The Alma Police averaged two to three leads a day, but they're still at the same place they were on June 9th, 1995. Wow. I know. Wild, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So here's the fallout. So the following year, 1986, Colleen Nick launched the Morgan Nick Foundation, active to this day. The foundation focuses heavily on educating children and adults alike, but also interveg- intervention and legislations. So the Arkansas Alert System was then named in honor of Morgan Nick, so that was the pre-Amber Alert, and then in Arkansas it's now called the Morgan Nick Amber Alert. Um, so thanks to the work of Colleen Nick, many schools adopted... Um, strong like i don't want to say stranger danger like programs but it was like educating children on what was okay behavior it was stranger danger but like i feel like it was a little different because i went through it but it was Mm -hmm. like is it okay to be talked to like this is it okay um but at the same time like even though we know now stranger danger isn't as prevalent i think it's still important to know not to associate with strangers at a very young age because you still could be exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, and she helped the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children by promoting missing Arkansas children on the foundation's website and helping in the recovery. So you can see, if you go to the website, morganicfoundation.com, you can see all of the children that have gone missing and have been recovered. Um so when I was in school, and, cl- and I'm close to Morgan's age, I remember when these programs went into place and listening to her on TV, and I want to say that she went to my school to speak, I think. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas is not a big place. And, well, like, geographically, but not people Right. And my little kid mind does not remember. <laughs> but I remember, like, how well we were taught back then and I definitely attribute a lot of like street smarts and the street smarts of like my peers at the time Mm -hmm. by this situation because even though Stranger Danger as a child there's pros and cons as an adult you really need those skills and so she was a little girl at the time like us who was in a parking lot surrounded by people she knew and just vanished and that is terrifying Mm mm-hmm um, but then again, for some reason, I feel like it was so highly publicized in the 90s, and we were in the path of the 24-hour news cycle, and it felt like if it wasn't one sensational kidnapping or murder, it was another. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as a kid, and perhaps for you as well, we, 
just generally, I did not trust adults <laughs> at all. Like, even if I knew them okay, I was like, I don't know you. I'm not going with you. I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember, like, and we were talking about this the other day, but um, just, like, going into the grocery store and seeing, like, all of those kind of, like, tabloidy magazines or even, like, people magazines that talked a lot about, like, Jean Benet Ramsey. Right. Um, and just being kind of surrounded by her face, and then, you know, she wasn't the only one that would sort of pop up around. Um, and yeah. I didn't, when I was, like, a kid, like, I didn't, like, read the articles or anything, but you would see the headlines, and you would kind of hear people, like, talking about it. Um, and yeah, I think, for me, that did sort of feed into this, like, I could get, like, you know, taken at any time, or, like, something bad could happen to me at any time. Um, which was just interesting. It was an interesting way to, uh, to grow up, I think. And that was before, like, the internet and everything, I think that was before... Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of things now, like, the kind of stranger danger debunking, like, existed and where you could actually, like, go do research on your own. Um, so it was really just the things that we were fed that informed kind of how we saw the world. Definitely. Um, and, like, for myself, I actually often work with kids now in real life, and I want them to, like, kick somebody in the shin if they try anything that makes them uncomfortable and I want them to scream mm -hmm. and make a scene, I don't want like the complicity and for them to think, okay, you're an adult, so I'll do what you say. Right. Because that's not good. But at right. the same time, like I also am like, if it's your trusted adult, like your parent or your caregiver, those are your people that you should be able to trust. And I feel like, it's a social responsibility to figure out how do we stop those dangers too. Because with Morgan Nick, I feel like she is a 1% regarding the stranger danger. That's not common. Mm -hmm. What's really dangerous are the people around you that have gained your trust and done all of these things to make you feel comfortable. How do you know where the line is to be like, no, I won't do that. Because... In the case of Morgan Nick, perhaps it was someone she knew. And perhaps right. it was somebody she felt comfortable with and just going with. We right. don't know. And I think that's, like, the important thing to keep in mind is, like, uh, you know, yes, you should just be inherently wary of people, even if, you know, you don't know them. Um, but, too, like you said, like, most often the people who pose the greatest threats are the ones that you know. Um mm -hmm. And the ones that you love and the ones that love you. So, you know. Yeah. And we, like, we always put the, like, the onus on the victim instead of trying to stop the perpetrators from doing the harm. Right. You know? And it's just the easy way out of being like, oh, yeah, you don't have to actually try and not be a bad person. And as opposed to the victim to not be victimized and mm -hmm. so basically you're telling like a six-year-old you should know better for this and this and this reason versus like a grown adult and it's like stop it <laughs> yeah yeah or like what to look out for mm -hmm. in other adults and make sure these things are taken care of and make sure that the people that you trust your children with or children that you care about when they're with other adults are they being taken care of properly and not in a not okay fashion we're dancing around this topic but you know right 
so that's the one thing that I feel I wonder if they looked into it was it somebody that she knew was it a softball coach was it somebody that she had like a mild trust of who was like hey come over here check this out I have a kitty you know mm-hmm. who would know that she'd want to go see that cat right um but yeah it's shit but like how do we figure out how to get rid of the piece of shit adults who do this to children because that's where the problem should be solved at the source and we should be teaching abusers not to abuse and find a way to stop it there and yeah that's my that's my two cents on that before the updates because i have them all right anything like jump out at you any thoughts any theories any theories yeah, I mean, I don't know, because it's a fairly, like, rural area, right? Yeah. And she, um, I don't know, because we haven't gotten to the updates yet, but to my knowledge, has not been found, so, I mean, it, I feel like it would have to be someone who, like, maybe had good knowledge of, like, the woods kind of around where they were, mm-hmm. um, and sort of just, you know, led her in there, and maybe she got lost or tried to run away and couldn't find her way back, but I... I mean, I feel like she had to have just been, like, straight up taken from that parking lot for, like, no one to have been able to, like, find her. Yeah. That's a good point. I actually never thought about that. Yeah. Because um, it's, like, if if she was surrounded by so many people, you know, like, I feel like someone would have, like, someone had to have, like, seen something. Yeah. But or it the, sounds like no one saw something. Those two friends that she was with. They were very relaxed. They didn't know or didn't... I mean, and honestly, I feel truly terrible for them. Because Mm -hmm. they were the ones who were like, oh yeah, she just went to empty sand out by the car. Figured you're going to go meet her over there anyway. Like, no big deal. Right, and And then she's gone. And then she's gone and they're like living the rest of their lives knowing that if they had just stayed with her, that might not have happened. Right. Like, I mean, hindsight's a bitch, but... Right. I feel like... Survivor's guilt gets you, though. God, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, updates. Yeah. Wild. Get ready. Okay. So, November 16th, 2010, the police search a home in Spiro, Oklahoma. Might be Spyro, but I didn't want it to be a video game, so I said Spiro. (laughs) Oklahoma. On a credible tip that Morgan's remains may be there. They oh, decide gosh. to dig, but unfortunately nothing comes up. So on December 18th, 2017, the FBI and Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation get another credible tip regarding Spear, Oklahoma, and search a residence, potentially the same one from November mm-hmm. of 2010. 2010. Yeah. Um, for information regarding Morgan's case. However, after hours of searching... No evidence was found as of December 17th, 2017. Unrelated, on August 14th, 2005, Extreme Makeover Home Edition has John Walsh, creator of Americans Most Wanted and the mm-hmm. father of Adam Walsh, the reason we have Code Adam, for an episode about missing children, provide Colleen, Nick, and her other children with a new house after they had a pipe burst. Oh, wow. So that was really sweet. Yeah. Like, in a really good way, because, I mean... 
she has done a lot post facto. Like she mm-hmm. very easily could have self destructed, and I think she took the really horrific thing that happened in her life. And I honestly, it continues to happen because she mm-hmm. doesn't have answers, um, and channels it to be a good influence to other people. Yeah. I read an article recently that there was another young woman who went missing. I think she was in her like late teens, early twenties. I didn't want to say girl because she's not a girl, but young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colleen Nick was there for the mother when the body was recovered and everything. And I was like, Oh wow, that's amazing! Like I yeah. wish I had that like strength of character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I do because I've not been put in that scenario before, but. I wish I did. Um, yeah. No, she's a badass. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. So, okay. So they may have gone to the same house twice to, like, look for things. Yes. That's that's is, an update. Is this Oklahoma town in the nacho? Like, is it, like, is it on the border? I think it's, like, a little more in. Okay. But you know what? I'll look it up for you right now. That's so interesting. In, in the nacho. You know what? I just made up a phrase. Nobody calls it that but me. You did, but I, it works. It works for this. You know? Is it in the nacho? Is it in the nacho? Actually, it's on the border. It's not really mm-hmm. close to the nacho. Like, it's close to Fort Smith. Okay. Man, Alma is not as close to the nacho as I thought it was. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm sorry about that. Oops. <laughs> People are going to be like, that doesn't look like a nacho at all. Yeah. Shut but up. it is interesting that it's, like, still kind of close to the border of Arkansas, but not in Arkansas. Yeah, I agree. And when I get into some theories, you're going to be like, wait, what? Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait. Another um, update is in 2012, Tanya Smith and Jason Monhart were arrested for computer fraud regarding Morgan Nick and allegedly tried to even buy her birth certificate. What? She was attempting to fraudulently use Morgan Nick's identity for financial gain. How? Why? I I just don't understand. Like, is she trying to open, like, a credit card in her name? Or, like, allegedly. What, what are you doing? Why, why would you pick her? Like, Somebody who's highly monitored. Yeah. Like, like li- this is literally the dumbest scam. Like, come on. It's excellent. And it's in 2012, so it's like, oh, you, you stupid. <laughs> like, literally, what are you doing? Like, wow. <laughs> That's so Fabulous. confusing. Is it, were you they should... just like, did they search, like, Arkansas cold cases and then, like, find this little girl and they were like, ah, yes, this no six-year-old girl needs a Visa MasterCard right now. That would be hilarious. <laughs> like, What? We got wow. this piece of mail from Visa. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Visa certainly didn't give a shit. Um, no. And then okay, to close out the updates mm-hmm. so we can bust into speculation. The best part. Mm-hmm. I love conjecture. Um, according to Colleen Nick, Morgan's case file can fill up an entire room. Wow. So it, it's been nearly 25 years, but there's still hope Morgan can come home. Just like J.C. Dugard and Elizabeth Smart, there is a chance, no matter how small, that Morgan is alive and can still be reunited with her family. Hmm. Because we have not found anything. 
So, busting into speculation. Okay. Um, so these are just interesting theories. No one's going to back me up. I'm going to put a big old, like, alleged smash onto everything I'm about to say from this point forward. It's all alleged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all alleged. Do not see me. Um, so I'm going to have to admit, we're going to talk about two more solved cases, and they are terrible. Okay. But I want to know what you think. Okay. Okay. So, first... We're going to talk about multiple abduction attempts. Mm-hmm. So, June 9th, 1995, there was an, which, same day, right? Yeah. An attempted abduction of a four year old girl is reported in Alma. However, the mother was able to save her after hearing her screams. That badass mother. Mm-mm-mm. The suspect resembled the composite sketch. So, to me, that okay. tells me that Morgan wasn't stalked and chosen she was a victim of opportunity not a victim of um like stalking and it wasn't purposeful it was just she was just there they wanted a child um i know terrible june 10th 1995 the day after Mm -hmm. the an attempted abduction of a 10 year old girl is reported in fort smith which Uh, is the closest town big town right okay the suspect also resembled the composite sketch. What the, the fuck? Yeah, the girl resisted being shoved into a men's bathroom and was able to get away. Mm-hmm. So that girl is also a badass. Just yes. fucking nailed it. She was 10 years old, resisted it. Amazing. So many medals. <laughs> All right. So those could be related. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that the symbol, the symbol, the suspect resembling whatever uh the composite sketch is i want to say it's important especially the first one happening in alma that i think that's the same guy right no i mean it definitely sounds like it's the same guy and he's you know targeting little girls yeah um because it's like the same type of victim i mean i used to like sadly love watching criminal minds and i feel like this would be like i'm currently binging it (laughs) yeah and i feel like this is exactly like the behavior that like literally every suspect does every episode of criminal minds it kills me too because i okay so i started that show because i love mandy patinkin Mm. so much like he's up there with robert stack for me like Mm -hmm. dear god and so I started it for that, but I stayed because I love behavioral analysis, even if it's just TV. Right. And yeah, I know I was thinking about that when I was writing these down. I was like, this looks like this guy is escalating. Right. Um, like, it's like same kind of victims, like same day for one of them, next day for another. And he's like traveling. Yeah. You know, so he's like going places. That's what just that seems like to me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So here next to are going to be um, two men who have been convicted of different murders, but they could have done the crime. But I'm going to tell you what the murder was. Okay. Do my best to just, like, bust through it because it's terrible. Um, so the first one, his name is Craig Michael Woods. Fuck him. Whatever. The, this is the murder of Haley Owen. Mm-hmm. So about 5 p.m. on February 18th, 2014, 10-year-old Haley Owen 
was walking home from a friend's house when a man in a truck pulled over, called to her, and asked her for directions. Awful. As she approached him, he grabbed her, threw her into his truck, and sped away. Michelle and Carlos Edwards, heroes, were talking in their garage when they saw the truck pull up and the driver grab Haley. Michelle wrote down the license plate, and Carlos ran after the truck while another neighbor, also a hero, jumped in a vehicle and followed until the truck eluded him. As Michelle called 911, Carlos knocked on doors trying to find the girl's parents. The search warrant... Um, apl- blah, blah, blah. Uh, what did I write down? <laughs> I think you have to have that for like a search warrant. I don't know. But anyway, he described the girl to a boy who said it sounded like his sister and took Carlos to his home to talk to his mother. Haley's body was found in Craig Michael Woods' home in Springfield. Mm. Um, it was inside two garbage bags with plastic storage containers located in the basement of the house. Jeez. She had been assaulted and sexually assaulted and shot in the back of the head. There were oh marks God. on her wrist indicating that at some point she had been tied up. So the suspect in the murder, Craig Michael Wood, born March 25th, 1968. He was 49 at the time of his conviction. He once worked in, a, in Springfield as a paraprofessional worker and for 16 years as a school football coach at Pleasant View Middle School. He also worked there supervising suspensions and as a teacher's aide and substitute teacher. So police found over a dozen firearms in his house, as well as child pornography. While searching a bedroom dresser in Wood's home, they discovered stories about sexual fantasies. Two of these handwritten stories involved girls aged 13. Also found were four pictures of young female students who attended the school where Wood had been employed. No. So. Just keeps getting worse. It does. Jeez. On November 2nd, 2017, the jury found Craig Wood guilty of first-degree murder. The same jury could not agree unanimously on the verdict for death penalty for Wood, leaving the judge to decide on the sentence. On January 11th, 2018, Judge Thomas Mountjoy, legend, that's just a great name, Mm-hmm. Sentenced Craig to death by lethal injection. Despite having initially opposed the state's decision to seek the death penalty, Owen's mother, Haley Owen's mother, Stacey mm-hmm. Herman, expressed support for Wood's death sentence, stating that Wood got what he deserved. So, hmm. we have this guy. In 1995, Wood would have been 27 and resemble the composite sketch. This looks like it's up his alley. And I also think he's probably responsible for many more unsolved cases in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And there are there thoughts that he was in that area while that was happening? It's very close. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, because they've mm-hmm. never, like, investigated it like he right. was. I'm sure, like, if there was a thorough investigation done, um, they may be able to connect it, but it's 25 years ago. Right. So, I mean, I don't know unfortunately yeah Hmm. okay um but he does resemble the composite sketch Mm -hmm. this does seem like his mo right and he has a history and he's around the right age for the kidnapping yeah i found it interesting i don't know what your thoughts are on the death penalty um 
but I found it interesting that Stacy Herman, the mother, was initially opposed to the death penalty, but then was like, nope, nope, do it. I'm into it. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? On just like her kind of switching? Yeah, being into the death penalty after the death of her daughter. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to say because I obviously have never been in that particular situation. Um, and I feel like people, you know, grieve and deal with the sudden death of a loved one, especially if it's murder, kind of mm-hmm. in their own ways. Um, but, you know, maybe to her it was kind of, like she said, he got what he deserved and that was like her kind of sense of justice and maybe her way to get some kind of closure from it all. Right. Um and feel that, you know, her daughter isn't here, but now the guy who did it also isn't here, and he can't do it to anyone else again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know. I think that's such a such a hard thing, because personally I'm against the death penalty, but then when I hear cases like this, and the person who has been wronged in this way, I can't not support them for choosing that. If that right. makes sense. Like, if that's what they seek for the, the closure, I can't be like, no, this is this is morally wrong. I don't know why. Like, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite on that one. But when it comes to the family seeking death sentence or jailhouse justice, I'm like, yeah. But, like, in general, I'm against the death penalty. Right. Yeah, but I feel like I'm kind of like a, you know, like case by case, like, whatever you yeah. want to do. <laughs> In this situation, because you're the one who, you know, everything was, like, taken from you. Yeah, and especially, like, the kind of person that was. Right. The only thing that, like, kind of why I don't want him... Well, I know he's still on death row, but, like, if he has other victims, how are we going to find him? Right. So that's, that's a consideration. Um... So, speaking of, we're going to roll into our next guy. Cool. Unfortunately, another murder. Real quick. Mm-hmm. His name is Anthony Palma. And this is the murder of Kristen Hatfield. Sorry, Kirsten Hatfield. Shoot me. I am so sorry. Um, so, Kirsten was last seen inside of her family's residence on the 1100 block of Jet Drive in Midwest City, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. on May 13th. 1997 so this would be two years almost to the day of um morgan nick's disappearance she was in her bedroom with her three-year-old sister at approximately 11 30 p.m when her mother put her to bed um her mother checked the bedroom again between 6 and 6 30 a.m on may 14th and discovered that kirsten was missing small amounts of blood were discovered on the room's windowsill and on the backyard's six-foot cyclone fence. The, the bedroom window was cracked open and Kirsten's ripped, blood-stained underpants were located in the backyard. There was no sign of her and she has not been seen again. Jeez. In October 2015, Anthony Joseph Palma was arrested and charged with Kirsten's abduction and murder. He lived two doors down from Kirsten's home at the time of her disappearance and was living there at the time of his arrest. Authorities matched his DNA to the blood found on Kirsten's bedroom, windowsill, and on her underwear. 
He believed, they believe Kirsten was kidnapped for the purpose of sexual assault and murdered shortly after her abduction. In the following month, oh, in the month following his murder arrest in 2015, while, while in jail, he unsuccessfully attempted suicide by slashing his wrists. Palma was convicted of breaking into a woman's home and assaulting her in 1982. In 1979 or 1980, he may have sexually abused an eight-year-old girl in a crime similar to Kirsten's disappearance, and he allegedly broke into a girl's bedroom through her window one night and molested her. The police who responded to the scene noticed his truck parked near the girl's residence, and he knew the victim. He was dating her older sister. He was not charged in the case due to lack of evidence. In 1998, a woman who lived with Palma accused him of drugging her and raping her, but he wasn't charged in that case either. The prosecution mm -hmm. presented the DNA evidence at Palma's trial in 2017, uh, October of 2017, and multiple witnesses testified that they had been sexually victimized by him as children. He maintained his innocence, but was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In January of 2019, Palma was murdered in prison. So in 1995, Palma would have been 35, and he does resemble the composite sketch. Does he have a red pickup truck? Uh, that has not been disclosed. Just that he had a truck. It wasn't documented, okay. but he did have a truck. Because these are these are theories that like I've right. found, not that have been. I don't know if they've been investigated by police. Mm -hmm. Hey, police investigate them <laughs> look um, into this i really feel compelled by this one because as far as i think like where the city is it's pretty close and he moved around a lot and mm -hmm. all of his crimes were girls around his age or mm -hmm. around morgan's age and girls disappearing without a trace I am upset that he got jailhouse justice, even though I'm not, because we will never, like, we can't ask him. Right. Like, where is she, you know? Mm hmm But also what I find interesting is, because this is Midwest City, Oklahoma, I think it's pretty close to Spiro. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, no, no, it's not. No? Oh, okay less interesting that's towards the the middle of the state but i, re I think i remember reading he did live in spiro i can't remember mm -hmm. i didn't write it down because i couldn't back it up with facts that's fair um there was no article like everything i wrote down here was article based right. by the way i have citations people hey. um we'll put them on a website when we make it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah what do you think of that one yeah, I think I think that's interesting. I think it's the way the way that he takes the kids though is different from how she was taken. Right. So I feel like that's the only thing that gave me pause unless it was purely like a heat of the moment like I'm driving by and I see this kid kind of thing. Right. But it sounded like he was pretty kind of measured in the way that he would do these things. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, like, it's so intriguing because, like, he had multiple witnesses testify against him at mm -hmm. his trial. 
And so, like, he had Kirsten Hatfield, who vanished without a trace, taken from her bedroom window. Mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't seem wild that he was driving by, saw three girls playing in a parking lot, and was like, I wonder if one of them's going to be alone. Oh, I'm going to grab her. And then roll out, you know? And nobody would be the wiser, because he would drive all the way to wherever he is. Right. And... How would they ever trace that? Mm-hmm. So that's just my thought. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the one who came up with these. I found them patrolling the webs. But here's my favorite, my favorite mm-hmm. theory. So in my reading, this was the most wild of them. I was on the Unsolved Mysteries website, which is the greatest place in the world. It has been updated for the new show. We're not going to talk about the new show right now. <laughs> but I was on the website before the updates. So when it was, like, in its 90s, like, best design ever. Mm-hmm. And so she was covered on Unsolved Mysteries. I can't remember when. It's time for somebody else to look that up. And there <laughs> <laughs> um, there's people who have commented on it. But there were these comments by someone who went by the name of Cheryl, and they were too much. They were too much. It was all about convincing us that Morgan had been taken into a new family, and the man who had taken Morgan was the one who took her to the new family, and how Colleen was a terrible mother. It was totally wild. But as it is Arkansas, it's not all that wild to consider, because the Cheryl posted in like 2014 2016 and 2018 that's what got me like if you just posted that theory once and like rolled out i'd have been like whatever but to every two years go on the unsolved mysteries website and comment that that's too much dedication right Mm -hmm. i'd be like fucking cheryl but then like i know cheryl's in my life that i actually like so it really gives me the creeps though because this is not the first time I've heard of this happening to someone. Mm-hmm. And, like, those people are kept really far away from the internet and mass communication and social media. But it's, like, an odd thing to consider. Like, did she get abducted to go into a secret religious cult? Who knows? Right. Or just someone who, like, wanted a new child family member or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that is interesting because, again, kind of through all, she's been missing for so long. And I'm assuming they searched, like the woods around the place and mm-hmm. i'm sure they turned that whole town like upside down yeah and like just the fact that like they've never found like any trace of her Mm-mm. um not even a shoe not even a shoe you know i feel i feel like cheryl has a a valid if not very strange and unsettling argument there it was unsettling and like the way she phrased words i was like hmm phrased words phrased sentences Right. It was so... I wish I had saved them before the update, because they were wild. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Out of all these theories, I don't know which one I like the best. I don't know which one's worth investigating, if any. But still, nothing's been found since June 5th, 1999. I hope it's June 5th. June uh, 9th? June 9th. Yes. Jesus Christ. You know, we'll scratch that for editing. Or we'll just leave in that I'm a fucking dumbass. June 9th, 1995. (laughs) How old was I then? Um, But yeah. 
let's talk about you said you listened to that episode about um debunking stranger danger this would be a great time i think you know more about it than i do yeah i mean i haven't uh i should have listened to that episode again before we did this to like refresh um and they do it so much better than i ever could so please listen to the you're wrong about episode about stranger danger listen to all of you're wrong about it's a great uh, great podcast yeah um but yeah they kind of uh basically just sort of what i really like about that show is they kind of dive into like the origins of different things that have always sort of been with us but we've never really thought so much about so in particular this time they look at kind of like stranger danger and i i think if i'm remembering it right a lot of it sort of stemmed from kind of like the white flight from like the cities to the suburbs um and sort of that feeling that we were talking about earlier of like you know growing up kind of surrounded by things and people were gonna get you when everyone was bad Mm -hmm. um and it was just this like kind of shared cultural zeitgeist at least in like kind of suburban white middle america um that like this was going to be a thing that like you 100 percent needed to be aware of um whereas what it actually is um is like we were saying earlier it the abductions child abductions and whatnot are more likely to be executed by people who are either like a parent or guardian of the child or like a family friend Mm -hmm. teacher like somebody that the kid knows um so like yes while it is a good idea to kind of be aware of your surroundings and you know maybe not talk to every stranger that you meet the danger inherent is not so much in them as it is the people that you think you know have your back and have your best intentions in mind yeah definitely and i think it might have been on criminal minds where he was like we actually protected the worst of the dangers to children because we focused more on the strangers and not on the people who were actual dangers to them mm-hmm. like we made them seem more safe like oh right. yeah this parent who's doing these horrible things to me but they're the safe person so these things are okay right and i definitely think there is something to teaching children what's actually acceptable behavior you know mm-hmm. because i mean even kids to each other are not okay sometimes oh You're yeah like, no oh kids are mean like, are. i like i do not want to be a kid again that was that was a yeah. rough time i'm done i'm happy where i'm at can we just yeah well no i don't want to be in this year anymore but like <laughs> we're good but definitely um yeah, debunking stranger danger, I think, is fantastic, especially because I do think it comes with, like, white people paranoia, too, mm-hmm. of, like, anybody who's not in our group is bad, and that's simply not true. Right. And I also think that's what kind of creates this, like, purse grabbing and all of that nonsense that people have, and I'm like really your husband's gonna stab you because you're a bitch right like nine times nine times out of ten like that's what's gonna go down here well it's actually insane because i was looking up the statistics to tell you and it was like less than one percent of child abductions are by strangers Mm -hmm. because there's 
most of the time a child's wandered off or they got lost or they got hurt and I think it's something like 97% of children who are reported missing are recovered oh wow yeah it's a pretty high percentage that is a lot yeah because of like over the reported children that are missing they got hurt they got lost they um right like they weren't actually abducted yeah or it was like a domestic dispute and like one like the dad took it when the mom was supposed to have custody that kind of thing Mm -hmm. which is not a stranger abduction and so like actual stranger abduction of children is pretty low right so i find that to be super interesting considering as we were growing up i thought i was gonna die all the time i was just ready to kill somebody all the time like i'm seven years old i'm gonna sucker punch somebody Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna get kidnapped but then again like you think about all the serial killers in the 1970s and stuff and you're like was there just a pop in like the 90s of children being murdered and the statistics again say no (laughs) there was not they just got sensationalized because John Bonet and, um, you know, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But I think she it's... Was, that was, like, the big one, I think. Yeah. And then, like, Elizabeth Smart, like, a little later on. Yeah. And then there was a Danielle... What's her last name? I'll think about it. But that poor girl. But that was someone she knew. Elizabeth Smart was a stranger abduction. I mean, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. But the sensationalism of it always being on the news I think is what made it feel like this was always happening right and for being a child and being of that age you're like I am never safe and so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are very desensitized to feeling safe we're like nah someone could break into my house but that's fine yeah I could go at any time it's whatever it's, it's cool well, and I think it's it's hard, too, because, like, even now, like, sometimes I just don't have, like, the media literacy to be able to, like, pick apart, you know, things that are being reported or, like, be like, yes, this is what, like, this thing seems to be very common, but it's probably just because, like, they know it will get viewers or they know it will sell magazines or whatever, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can do that a little bit better now as an adult, but definitely as a kid, if you're surrounded by it, and then if you have, like, parents or family friends or guardians, like, whoever the adults are sort of around you Mm -hmm. that also are consuming that and are also kind of buying into it without taking a step back and really thinking about, like, what is being presented, um, you know, I I can see it very easily sort of spiraling into this big bubble of just, like... I'm going to die probably tomorrow. (laughs) And I wonder the difference between, like, the 24-hour news cycle and the fact that, like, when they watched the news on TV, we still heard it, you know? As opposed to a lot of parents, I think, read the news on their phones Mm -hmm. and don't always subject children to listening to it, so they don't really hear it as Mm -hmm. much. Like, they might hear their parents talk about it, but it's it's very different than hearing it on the news. Right. And not as much and not as, like, bam, 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 you know? Not mm-hmm. even just for, like, anything regarding child safety or anything like that, but, like, you know, politics or global warming or right. anything like that. And I think perhaps, like, kids kind of get their innocence back in a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's important, too, like, the context of the time. Like, you mentioned the O.J. Simpson trial at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and You're Wrong About is actually doing, like, a very in-depth series on that, too. But I think, if I remember it right, the O.J. Simpson trial was maybe, like, the second, like, nationally televised trial. Yeah. Like, to ever happen, right? So, like, we are right in the time where the media specifically is, like, oh, man, like, this, like, thing that we'll get to know as true crime nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, people are, are interested in this, and this is kind of what's drawing a lot of viewers. Um, so this kind of time period, I think, is when we start to see the big kind of sensationalized push towards all sorts of different kind of crimey things, whether it's, like, child abduction um, or, like, you know, spousal murder and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, without taking the time to, like, really look at what was going on, particularly with, like, O.J. Simpson and, like, the years of abuse that he, like, put on Nicole and all of this stuff. Like, there are so many layers to it, and I think we, kind of as a society, and we as, like, uh, enjoyers and, you know, analyzers of, like, true crime things, um, it can get very easy to separate kind of what happened from the people that were actually there and who had things happen to them. Yeah. Um, so I think it is also important just to kind of, at the end of the day, take a step back and be like, these were or are still real people who have dealt with or are dealing with all of these things. And the moment you kind of do what the media is doing and just make it straight up about, like, the murder, the abduction, or whatever, I think you're doing kind of a big disservice to... Like, everyone who was involved and impacted. Absolutely. And I think, like, also, all of the murder fans, if you will, used to gather at the courthouse or gather at the gallows or something like that. So they got the firsthand mm-hmm. experience. It wasn't, like, you know, the town crier running through giving you, like, the big bombastic version of, like, guess what happened? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> it was it was just facts, you know? And... I think that um, having this kind of facts but bias, but also like sensational but sensationally biased, like there's so, like you said, so many layers, um, filtering it back down to just the facts is is really important. Mm -hmm. And that's why we talk about the facts. Yeah. And then conjecture. (laughs) Because all of our, (laughs) all of our speculation is alleged. Right. Um, so, you want to close this puppy up? Sure. So, Morgan's case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries, Nancy Grace, my fave, and America's Most Wanted. Nancy Grace is wild. I can't, I can't not love, slash hate, like, love hate Nancy Grace. That's fair. American Dad did a great version of her with Roger as Nancy Grace, and it was absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. No. Sorry, coughed my head off. Um, So, from the recently retired Chief White, if we remember way back, 5, 10, 30 minutes ago, um, he was the one who had become police chief a year before Morgan went missing. He says, "We we are always trying to find new approaches and get fresh eyes on the case, but not a lot has changed in what we know. With a case this age... There's a lot of misinformation, things that waste our resources. The person who did this was somebody who is a loner by nature. 
not a lot of friends or family. He committed the crime and probably did not even tell anyone. That's the hardest part about this. And from Colleen Nick, when something so tragic happens to your child, there is a need to do something of great value. There is a great need to talk about prevention. The Morgan Nick Foundation has done face-to-face -face presentations with over 40,000 children, me, in Arkansas about cyber safety, sex trafficking, being home alone, stranger danger, and more. We're trying to fill a gap that wasn't filled when we needed it most. And to be fair, there was at the time a need for that. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, it needs to be updated because the world is very different 25 years later. Yeah. So Morgan Nick would be 31 years old right now. Oh, wow. So, if you know anything about Morgan Nick and you want to tell someone, the Alma Police Department in Alma, Arkansas would be a great place. You can also write into the Morgan Nick Foundation at morgannickfoundation.com or the National Center for Missing Children, 800 The Lost or 800 843 5678. If you don't know that number, you have not watched enough commercials. <laughs> yeah. Any closing comments? Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I hope if she's still out there that she can be found. I hope um, for closure, too, especially for Colleen Nick, who's done all this work, and I really, like, it's one of those, because I've known it practically my whole memory life, mm -hmm. I want the closure for her. Yeah, I mean, I think the closure is kind of the biggest thing at this point, um, and I really hope it can happen, because she's just she's just done so much and even if she hadn't you know done all of those cool things i think yeah. i think whenever you know a, a violent sudden crime happens like you just kind of want to know yeah absolutely especially with like no information at this point etc mm -hmm. but yeah so if any of our listeners have like a really cool unsolved case or a haunting case or a ufo case UFO case that <laughs> you want us to talk about and research heavily, feel free to email us at LTATF podcast at gmail.com. And that's short for let's talk about the facts because that's what we do. I am Ooh. Elizabeth Fury. I'm Alex Brown. And thank you for joining us today. This podcast was surprisingly produced by me. Original music by Miranda Miller. You can find us both on Twitter and Instagram at TalkAboutFacts. That's T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. Or email recommendations to ltatfpodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe out there, friends. <laughs>